Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of In the Trenches uh, with Ryan Roxy. I'm your host, Ryan Roxy. What is happening, everybody? It's been a few weeks since we've had a show, but you know what? That's what might happen in the next uh, couple months because, you know, Alice Cooper is getting ready to go on tour, so we can't do it each and every week. But you know what? The weeks we do do it in the live stream and we do a live stream like this, I'm so happy that you guys show up. You show up in our live chat. You show up on the at Ryan Roxy official YouTube channel. We might be streaming. You might be listening to this on, uh, it might be Spotify. It might be uh, Facebook. It might be Apple iTunes. Thank you so much for everything. But what we really want you to do is subscribe right now. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe right there. It really helps us get us eyeballs onto the episodes. And that's what we want to do. How have you guys all been? I'm, I'm excited about today's show because it's Alice Cooper alumni day. You know how much I love those. And it's also St. Patrick's Day. I'm wearing a little bit of green somewhere. There it is. My R for Life uh, rock and roll hat. Thank you very much. There is some green somewhere in my shirt. Well, ha, ha, ha. a little bit more about the shirt later. But uh, our guest has some green backstage. I can see that. I can see he's going to show it pretty soon. But let's talk about our guest. I always love it when uh, we have the guest and I have walked sort of in the same shoes or the guest has deep ties to the, in the trenches family. Cause don't, uh, don't think that we're not a family. No doubts. This is a family in the trenches. The similarities also run deep with our guest today. For instance, we were both born and raised in the same area, the Bay area. In fact, we both played in some of the same bands Never played together in a band, but we both played in the same bands. I'll get into that as well. Uh, we both moved to Europe. And guess what? As we tape this right now, we are both in Europe. One at the north, one at the south. But guess what? We're both here. And thank you very much for listening wherever you are in the world. But now we both find ourselves talking in depth for the first time virtually face-to-face. -face. So would you please welcome Into the Trenches, guitarist and Northern California native, Steph Burns. Hello. Steph. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. I have to do this. I'm, and you, you can't just hold a green lamp, but check it out. I'm wearing it. Oh, is, is it wireless? Is it, is, is it on? No, is it, it's <laughs> plugged in. But the thing is, well, it's, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it because it's you really right got to appreciate that. That's, my story, that I'm, that's my story. I'm sticking to it, but the story's done. So. That's Vosco money, man. <laughs> that's Vosco production, Vosco money right there. Oh man. So many bands that we get to talk about today. Obviously the one that we have most in common is we both play, uh, you've played and I play guitar in the Alice Cooper band. So we have a deep uh, sort of, do you feel it? Do you feel the Alice Cooper family is sort of like a, a mafioso type of thing, being that you are from Italy right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that mean exactly? Like, uh, you know. Well, once like, you're in, you're, you're, family, you're always kind of in the family. Well, I, well, once you play with, you know, any kind of 
big artists like that, then you become associated with them or you, you say, okay, he's, he, he's, he played with him or he plays with him. But, um, um, and it was great. You know, um, I, um, got to play with Glenn with Vasco. Yeah. Glenn Sobel, current drummer of Alice Cooper, who I will yeah, be seeing in a couple know, weeks. For 13 years. Like you, you've been, how, you how long have you been playing with Alice now? I oh joined gosh. Alice pretty much right after you stopped playing with Alice because you fine. were all, you were all over uh, the yeah I joined in ninety six so that was yeah. it that was the tour ninety six yeah. was the tour that Vasco oh, oh man that's ninety one okay yeah. but that yeah and, and that's where we had a common guitar player together that's mr pete friesen there, all shirtless and looking amazing him with like the presley of heavy metal kind of you know. <laughs> well pete friesen and his famous ass ferret don't ask the story don't ask the story about the ass ferret because if you know you know, you know yeah. <laughs> but i'm talking Basically, right after the last temptation, uh, you got that amazing opportunity with Vasco. And then I, that's where I sort of came in right after that. And okay. I played with a lot of the same musicians, Greg Smith, over the years. We both played with Greg Smith. Again, I said the great uh, Pete Friesen. And it's, of course, Eric Singer. So yeah. all this is leading us. You know, before we get right up to up to date with the Alice Cooper stuff, and of course the newest project that you have, which is Heroes and Monsters, and we do have a lot of friends uh, that uh, are in common with that. Uh, Todd Kearns, who's been on the podcast as well. Okay, and so Todd says hi, and and, has, and I'm going to break in here too and say, and Matt Log says hi. Oh, Matt Log, who yeah. we both. How many people have we played? Like, like in bands with together, but we've never played together because Matt Log and I played in Slash's Snake Pit together. Slash Obviously, you and Matt Log played with Vasco as well. Yeah. Any That's other right. It's still in Vasco's band now. This is Matt's amazing. been playing with Vasco since um, we're talking about Vasco Rossi for those of you who are not Italian. Um, Matt's well, been there, he is. Matt's been playing since 2007. And for three years, we had Will Hunt also uh, with Bosco 2014, 15, and 16. And then Matt came back. So Matt's really been there since 2000. And Matt Log is one of the coolest drummers of all time. Yep. Happy birthday, Matt. Is it his birthday today? Yeah. Matt That's is St. Patrick. He's St. Matt Log. He is a saint. He is pretty much a patron saint. Just ask, you know, Johnny Grapark. Just ask any of the guys that we played with in Slash's Snake Pit. This is so crazy how incestuous it goes. Um, and all of this has to do with going back to get forward. So that's the way we like to start the show. What do you say, Vic Chalfont? We have hit the ground running. Our special guest today is guitarist Steph Burns from, I can't just say one band because there's so many bands, but to go back to get forward, I want to talk about uh, growing up in the Bay Area because you were born, it says. Oh, oh man, look at that. I'll take you down, man. I'll take that rifle is powerful right there. <laughs> you were born in oakland california where where i wanted to be born because i'm such a huge oakland raider fan but i was actually born in sacramento 
Oh, wow. Vic had to go uh, the close-up on it, you know? Yeah. I love Cute it. Right there. You see the size of those ears on that kid? Jesus, got like Dumbo going on there. Better to hear you with. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and then to make, you know, I, I you could say Oakland, but you grew up in the Bay Area. And when, when I tell people the Bay Area, a lot of people don't really know because I was born and raised in Pleasanton or, you know, uh, sort of grew up in Pleasanton, California. You grew up in Walnut Creek. Right. So the thing about it is that in Walnut Uh-oh, Creek, make sure that's, what, going. that's what did you freeze over there? Are we good? Yeah. I did a second. We're back on. Okay. No We're worries. On. Yeah. You're fine. Okay. I can hear you just good. We never lost you. Um, but you grew up in Kaiser Permanente. You know what? Does everybody hear my wife talking on the phone in the other no. room? I swear I to God, I can hear her louder than I can almost hear you, Steph. <laughs> Yo, Bianca, can you please close the door? I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it is, folks, here. It's professional. That's you know, <laughs> But Kaiser Permanente was my hospital. That's right in Walnut Creek. Right, right. You know, so were, were you part of that whole world as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were a Kaiser family, you know, growing up. And uh, that was our hospital. We went to Kaiser. I started going to Kaiser Walnut Creek, born in Kaiser, Oakland, because we lived in Berkeley. And there's me and my little brother I just saw there. And um, uh, then... We, you know, all the things like the co-op, you know, 29 cents a gallon to get gas at the co-op. And then uh, there was Jemco in Walnut Creek where you had to have a little card. That's Gem- me and my sisters right there. Oh, by the way, June 74, not correct. That is absolutely 1969. Okay. Wow. Good, good memory that. of that. Yeah, no way that I was 15 there. I was like 10. Well, what was the first guitar then that you had? Well, there you go. That's when you started. Yeah. After my braces, so my buck teeth were pushed back in. I started to look, what a handsome kid. My daughter just got her braces off today. Hey. She sent me a bunch of pictures of it. She looks amazing. Natasha Grace, you look awesome. But she's had braces on for like so many years. All throughout high school, she's had braces on. So this is the first day that she got her braces off. So I I know that feeling because I had them too. Now they're just, you know. God, they don't look so white here. Yours look very nice and white, nice and polished. Yeah, I'm using a white filter. So good no. filter, yeah. really good filter. I'm also using I'm also using the yellow teeth filter. Apparently, it's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. And it, honestly, if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast or uh, Spotify, you can't see the beauty of my yellow teeth. Just tune in to at Ryan Roxy Official and hit that subscribe button because it will thank you so much for it. Um, what was the first guitar? Was it because uh, the similarities again are running so deep between us, Steph? Was it a uh, was it a Strat? No, not not yet. I okay. actually got into Strats later. So I, I first had this Winston guitar. I don't know where my dad got it from a catalog somewhere or maybe at the local store, you know. Um, but then we wanted sort of a real guitar, and I heard about you know I, I told like a Fender or a Gibson or something. Well. He found me a Fender, but it was a Mustang because I was still like 11 years old. But this Mustang was was turned out to be a badass guitar and I'm still looking for it. So it was like it was a blue sparkle one, which I probably should have kept it as it was. But I, I didn't like that blue sparkle. It was tacky to me. So I, um, I we scraped it off with my dad and we sanded it down to wood. Then there was this gal who I was crazy about in eighth grade. 
So I had the guitar for a few years. She painted on it a big dragon with big, big wings, big wings, a naked chick with black hair going around there and big boobs. Wow. And very detailed for eighth grade. Very detailed. A big humbucking pickup in the back. So I routed that sucker out and I slapped the humbucking in it. And you had an HSS. That's it. My friends, that is an HSS for his first. Check it out. It's an HS. Oh, just one. So no middle pickup. No, because the Mustangs don't have a middle pickup. Uh, you're, you know what? I was thinking of my Strat. And we both had this. Uh, I got rid of my Strat too early as well. And I've been looking in for it ever since. That's why I play this thing called the Never Say Never Strat. Because it's the same sort of off-white cream Hendrix type of Strat. It had the silver like, bullet. You have one of those as well? I'm playing. That was is, is my since, since 91. I started with Alice. I have that 1991 that the custom shop made and it's kind of got really yellow and beat up and it was an HSS. Nice. But you don't have the one that has a uh, silver bullet. Uh, no, uh, the silver bullet is the thing that came out right across the, the, the net right from, it's like the truss rod. It was a silver bullet truss rod. It looked oh, like it was, that's what they call a silver. No, bullet. And, no, it, mine's and, and he's always saying, is this pre CBS or this is CBS. Oh, yeah. I think mine was definitely CBS because it had the big seventies. Oh my God. Look at your guitar collection. Oh, look at that. What a neat thing. And, God, and those, so that those one is this, that's kind of the beat up yellowish strat. That's my number one, the custom shop one. The one and on I the mean, right or the one on the left? Or the, the one, one in the second to the right on top. Okay, in the middle. That's the HSS. Yeah, yeah because it has a humbucker. I write to it, the white one. I just wanted to have another one like it, so I kind of made made one out of yeah. different parts. They made the neck for me at Fender, but I just slapped it on a regular body. Looks and then the, there's that Kramer, man. I had that Kramer before Alice. I've changed it over the years. Still has the Floyd on it. And then it, I doctored it up a little bit. I got some one of my early pictures from my daughter stuck on there. <laughs> how, how many daughters do you have? One daughter and two sons and a grandson. Wow. Congratulations. Three weeks, three weeks old. Thank you, bud. Thank Very you. good. Very cool. So you're in the Bay Area. Did you... Play. There, look at that. Very uh, sensitive shots. <laughs> that is uh that is Vic Chalfant, our producer, combing the internet. He is oh, like oh, he, he's like chat five PT. He will like comb the internet, he'll scrape the internet for all these uh, photos. And again, folks, if you are just listening to the podcast, you're only getting half of it because you get to see my yellow teeth and pictures of Steph Burns grandchildren if you watch us on the at ryan roxy official uh youtube channel so let me ask you this bay area did you play the clubs up there definitely yeah i mean uh, all all over we played a lot in walnut creek and concord and pleasant hill and stuff like that but then there were a lot more clubs to play in the south bay so the place to go was campbell and the smoky mountain saloon and the, the bodega and Damn. uh the place called the Sly Fox. Where was that? Oh man, that's that's graduation <laughs> shot. That's a graduation yeah. shot. I can yeah. see that right there. I'm 17, just making it. That I, I was that? wanted that mustache so bad. It just like <laughs> when it started to come out. I still do. It does, it won't grow won't grow up on the sides. I don't think. Let me yeah. ask you this: the stage in Danville. Did you ever play a gig there? I don't think so. Wow, because that's. Yeah, because for me, you had to drive through Danville, 
past Danville to get to Walnut Creek. So that was my sort of gig. And then I was lucky enough to do a couple shows, you know, in the city with Keystone Berkeley, uh, Stone and Keystone Palo Alto. Did you you play those Stone Club as well? That was a little bit more for original bands, you know, and I was. You were doing covers. Cover bands. Yeah, we did a lot of we had we were playing a lot uh, with a band called Omega which had Mickey Thomas in it for a while, but then he went right after he was with Ellen Bishop and he went off on his own. But we, we still did some originals, but uh, we ended up to, to try to work more, of course, doing, you know. Um, and of course, uh, you're talking about the great Mickey Thomas from Jefferson Starship. Yeah, yeah. And then, to this and day he, is still is still rocking and rolling. Still rocking out there, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so we played um, more of those other places. We played the Albatross in Santa Cruz. We played the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. And um, then there was a place called the the Rio in Rodeo. It was a big theater. That was always fun, too. Damn, man. So when was it that you remember getting into your first original band or of all those Bay Area bands? Because you have to understand, we grew up in the same time. Where, you know, I'm just a couple years, perhaps, maybe the next class under uh, uh, of you. So I remember... Greg Ken band, uh, Eric Martin band, um, Pablo Cruz, of course. Like when did that magic? Because as you can see, and I this is not just a. Oh look at that! You got the Pablo Cruz T-shirt. That rocks, dude. Yep, dude. I I really can't fit into it, but as my wife pointed out right before I went to the show when I tried to go put it on. But the thing is, you have to know that I silk screen this myself in Los Angeles, like about 20 something years ago, just because I loved the logo so much. And I couldn't find a Pablo Cruz wife beater. Cause this is the, this is one of one. This is a Pablo Cruz wife beater that Ryan rocks used to fit in and look good in, but right now it's a little tight. I'm not going to lie to you, but this man that I'm talking to right now, Steph Burns was in that band, Pablo Cruz. How did it, you got to find your place in the sun. Was it- <laughs> I did. I found my place in the sun and, um, and we were getting high. But besides <laughs> that, we, um, we were, um, I, I was playing with Omega. That was, that was that band. And then um, I got the call to play with Jesse Colin Young. That was around 1981. And then Jesse Colin Young, from there, I started to get heard a little bit. And so that's luckily I, I started to get the calls for some of it. Then Pablo Cruz came after that. And um, there you go. Look at that. Oh, oh, and I'd already shaved my mustache off. There's another Pablo Cruz picture with um, with the mustache. But uh, <laughs> hey, that's John Pierce on the far left, who's been plays with Toto now and was in pop. It was in, um, wow. was in Huey Lewis in the News for a lot of years. I love it. I remember the, the keyboard player was named Corey. I believe that's Corey, yeah, upper right now. Just last August and we jammed together. He's still singing his butt off and plays great. And he lives in Nashville and goes back with you in Nashville and Stinson beach. He's doing great. You have to but, understand that all these, all these Northern California bands that you were a part of Huey Lewis, Pablo Cruz, um, you know, friends and bros with Joe Satriani, I mean, did you did you know Joe when he was playing around the Bay Area in the squares? Uh, no, I knew him after that. Okay, I knew him after that, and I met him through um, you know through just 
bumping into each other at, at a few places. God, what a beast he is. And um, uh, and we have a real good mutual friend, which was his drummer, Jeff Campitelli. I play with Jeff a lot. And the um, uh, but Jeff, Joe and I were not really, really close friends, but we always had he had, he was just super kind, and he's the one that got me into Alice Cooper's band. Yeah, he gave you the go ahead. So so I definitely you know I owe him a lot. He's he's a bro enough to 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 help another bro out. You know, yeah, I love that man. He threw my <laughs> name in there and said, "Yeah, check this guy out," and it, it worked out great. One of these other, uh, I don't know, well, she is. She is sort of NorCal uh, influence as well. Um, obviously famous for playing with Prince, but got your start in your movie career, which is, you know, uh -huh. it's, a, it's a pretty illustrious movie career. You've been in some pretty damn big movies. The one I'm talking about is, of course, with Sheila E. And this is, is Crush Groove. How about she's that? Way. She's all Bay Area, man. She's Oakland, California the whole way. You yeah, know. her father was a very famous uh, percussionist as well, right? That's right, Pete Escobedo, and her and her whole family is super talented. Peter Michael Escobedo also had was you know had a, was a band leader on one of those TV shows, and they had a great band. But Sheila also played with George Duke and Lionel Richie and um, and George Benson and uh, just tons of gigs. She was in Ringo Starr's All Star Band for a while too. Yeah. she's uh, she's amazing. Well, I mean, we all know her as a, as uh -oh. a professionist of Prince. Are, are you in that picture somewhere? Yeah, yeah. If you can find me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say you are um, on, as I'm looking at the picture far left. No, no. Nope. Are you in the red hat? Are you in the red hat? Nope, that would be Cat Gray. On the far right, uh, next to this, a cat is Eddie M. Then on the far right is Sheila's brother Juan Escobedo. Then there's Sheila E. next to him. Then the the beautiful one in the middle, that's Susie Davis. Then the next one in the red is me. Holy then, crap! You got center stage in that. That's amazing. I did not really. There it is. Can someone please? Where's your Zoom when you need that, Vic? That's the, that's the shot I want the Zoom on. What are you talking about? He'll put. He'll trust me. He'll get it in the next six, sixty seconds. He's good. I know. Coming three, two, one. It's a no. But then you go crush groove. You do the movie. You do the album. You you play with her. What's what was it like playing with Sheila? Oh, it was amazing. It was so amazing. I mean, we had long rehearsals and everything was choreographed. So it was kind of like the um, we called it the um, the fitness tour. I mean, it was insane. You know, we were just you know had to get our protein in and drink a lot of water. And then we toured with Prince on the Purple Rain tour for a year, and it was a thrill of a lifetime. That was 1984. That was my Biggest I saw you. I, I believe I saw you. Did you play the LA Forum in 1984 yeah. in the Purple Rain tour? Absolutely, absolutely, we did. I saw you, Steph Burns. That's amazing. <laughs> I thank you to some unnamed stripper that actually bought the tickets because absolutely. I don't I don't remember her name, but damn it, I remember what she did for a living at that point. And you know, yeah. everybody's going to make a buck, and she needed someone to sort of. Uh, Go with to the show, and I got to see the Prince Purple Rain tour. All of the Prince fans who was in there, Madonna was also a big deal at that point, too, coming to the shows dressed only in lingerie. Yeah. And, like uh, that, that was quite lovely. Well, you went from, you know, you went from 
basically you being in lingerie with all the prints styling yeah, of yeah, yeah. clothes to playing with another uh, amazing artist, great vocalist, great performer uh, that wore a lot of lingerie and a lot of sexual innuendos. You ended up being in the band Berlin. Oh, funny. I thought you were going to say Alice Cooper. No, I'm just kidding. Alice, <laughs> it's true. Alice, Alice too. I've been dragged a few times. Yeah. Um, no, uh, yeah, Berlin. That was a lot of fun. And they're so great, man. Rob Brill and, um, and, uh, uh, see, that's the tune. Yeah. That was the tune that they, they had it out. They had already recorded that with Marauder, um, before I, that was a great tour. Giorgio Giorgio Moroder, who uh, is, was one of those, such a distinctual uh, producer. You can hear his, his stuff all over the place. The minute you hear it, you kind of go, okay, th 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 those, those really nice synth lines and stuff. Pretty much, I think, believe the whole soundtrack to Scarface was Giorgio Moroder. Oh, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. I believe that there was a lot of uh, Blondie was produced by uh, Giorgio Moroder as well. But this, that, I mean, come on, what about the timing? You take my breath away. That's, that's the band's biggest song. But then you also, because again, the similarities run deep here with uh, Roxy and Burns. Um, I was in Berlin for, for a, for a short time as well. So I know, I know the SEX choreography Oh. That goes with it because were you the were you the chosen one that she would do the uh, playing off of of the sex? No, no, oh. we didn't. Do, we didn't do any any bits, any skits, or anything, or any uh, any it was that, after Sheila E. I think it was a uh, you know nothing, you go, nothing until Alice with his <laughs> sword. You know, hey, stay there while I run the sword so the fake fake blood will come out. No, it wasn't fake. He really cut. He really cut. Does it every night? He gets yeah. his get people don't realize that Alice Cooper yeah, gets his head cut off every night. And then his assistant, whether whether it's Renfeld or you know, the, the the late great Brian Nelson, or now currently, you know, the amazing Kyler Clark, he has to sew it on back every night. They're really good. I mean, you have to be a surgeon, an expert surgeon to be Alice Cooper's assistant. Or a really good seamstress. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Now that looks that like one of those like photos that that uh, Vic just like photoshopped and spliced together real quick yeah. to make. It no, but it was funny because I went to see Alex when he was coming through um, Milan doing some promo stuff, and I just said, "Hey, can we do a selfie?" And he's like, "What is that?" You know, and, and so he's like, where, where, "Where do I look?" So he has this look in his face, like, well, "Where am I supposed to do?" Oh, I'll just snap it. Don't worry. You, you know what? Go put that picture up one more time, Vic. This is the post that pretty much everyone does when it's Alice Cooper's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Alice Cooper. Here's a All picture right. of me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. I took a selfie with him, so I wish him happy birthday. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on because, again, I, there's too many bands that I want to yeah. like sort of like hail you on and that you've been oh, in because they're bands that were the soundtrack of my youth as well another great band and people are out there listening to it right now i want to check it out after the podcast not now don't go searching for it to it right now but wait till after you hear us and uh, me and seth burns a guitarist here on indian treacherous podcast uh talk about it i'm talking about y and t yesterday and today Dave Medichetti, one of the greatest uh, gu guitarists, vocalists that I know of. Um, there you are with, again, another drummer that uh, we've played with in the family, sure. in the Oscar family, Jimmy DeGrasso. And, yeah. and you talk about uh, locals, 
Phil Kenmore. My first job I ever had was with Phil Kenmore's uh, niece, uh, you know, so it was one of those, I, I knew Phil Kenmore just, he's like a Livermore Pleasanton legend. That's right. Yeah. Andrew Livermore Pleasanton. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so what was, what was playing with YNT like? Incredible. Another incredible, because honestly, all the bands that I played with before were, were either pop, or R&B and soul. Um, uh, and I always liked hard rock music, but I, I only would do it sometimes on my own. So when I got the job with Y&T, that was like, okay, now's a chance to play. You know, I had a Mesa Boogie that time, but that was my excuse to buy a Marshall and my first Marshall <laughs> was Y&T. So, um, uh, and, and it was the whole idea about, uh, it was an incredible learning experience because to, to understand what it's like to play heavy eighth notes locked in with a bass and drum and what that feels like and what that means, that was my learning of that. That you can just go, and wow, that is like, and I get goosebumps just thinking about it. You know, I mean, I love fusion, I love jazz, I love blues, but that was the my so it, it kind of honed your chops on rhythm guitar and made and you realize just how important rhythm guitar is exactly it. And, and it and it served me because also there's a lot of bands after that alice cooper for one and bosco rossi both of them hired me because they needed a good rhythm guitar player and he could play solos too i became a little bit i, I got to do more solos especially with um the live situation even even on the album with alice and stuff but um, yeah. well, that's the one thing I want to talk to you about with your Alice because we're we're edging towards that. I know we're doing a little bit of a, you know, a, a compact history because we only have a certain amount of time on the end of the trenches. I'd love to spend, you know, four hours as Rogan would, but guess what? It's Friday night here somewhere in uh, in the North Pole, and my wife and I are gonna, you know, enjoy our Friday night. But guess that's what? I'm enjoying right now talking all these things all things Steph Burns, and we're just now hitting upon the uh, time in the call where you get into the Alice Cooper band. And again, it was uh, a guy that you say, maybe you're not uh, super close with at this point, but at the same time, he was the one that sort of gave you the good word. Joe Satriani uh, gets a call from Alice Cooper and said he's looking for a guitar player for his new album. And then he says, well, why don't you check out this guy, Steph Burns? And uh, then all of a sudden you're playing on one of the biggest Alice Cooper records of that 80s era. Because I always yeah. kind of break Alice into up into the airs. It's the classic original band. Sure. It's the 80s era. It's the Kane Roberts era. It's the... Uh, the bands, the, the albums that we made with uh, him that were a little bit more industrial, you know, yeah, yeah. Brutal Planet and Dragon right. Town, there's the garage sort of eyes of Alice Cooper out. So, so you can break, in, in a lot of ways, I say you can break Alice Cooper up in the same way that of an artist like Madonna, where she goes through a lot of different changes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I kind of see these like, like uh, this, this, this Alice Cooper period was kind of like trash. And hey, stupid. Yes, um, two albums. Yeah, yeah, and both had those similarities where they had lots of guest artists on them, and they were real polished, uh, you know, hard rock sound coming off of you know this, what was happening on the radio right then with uh, White Snake and Aerosmith and things like that. That was knocking everybody out. Everybody wanted to have the next still of the night, the, the next White Snake at that point. Yeah, and uh, 
And then, then everything, by the time Hey Stupid came out, as you saw, everything was changing and, uh, and Nirvana came and changed everything, ruined it for a lot of people, but made things better for most of us. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Beautiful nineties came along. And then that's when we made, um, I wasn't on trash, but uh, Hey Stupid was, I think the continuation. And then they changed directions and went to, um, the last uh, time. Yeah. And, and that was one of the questions that, uh, again, another one of our contributors to the podcast, we really appreciate his contribution. Uh, Federica, you met earlier before the show. She's did a lot of great, um, promo on this today's episode as well as helped a lot, a lot with the script. Um, I always love to give credit where credit is due. So thank you very much, Federica. And thank Bravissima. you. They were talking to some, they were, they were talking a lot of Italian before the show and I didn't understand a word, but Joey, who's very German, doesn't understand, uh, doesn't understand Italian either, but he had a great question about this, uh, last temptation era. He said on the Alice Cooper last temptation, you are credited as the only guitar player for most of the songs, but on several of the songs, there are layers of three separate guitars playing. How do you remember composing and the recording experience of this album? Oh, wow. You can tell it's not a question from me because I'm just like not going, how was it cool to be in that band? But it's actually a technical question about musical parts. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, often these um, these albums are made in, in, in two different ways. One is you cut your demo and the demo already has different guitar parts that are already laid on there and you have to learn them and, and adapt to that. The other thing is you go in the studio and on a, on a few tunes, like uh, I remember a tune by Chris Cornell was called Stolen Prayer. And we kind of had to, the, the producers on that record were really cool. And they let us have some um, space. We got to, um, we got to create parts and I played with, um, with both Derek Sherinian and Greg Smith on that record. And Dave Usikinen did the drums on that record. And we got to create parts and I even, we sang backgrounds, we made harmonies. Uh, so it was felt more like a band project, you know, and that was really, really lucky about that one. Derek Sherini is one of the best keyboard players in the world. You can just ask him that. Huh. And that's what he would say. You hear that, Derek? No, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you, say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> no, I mean, between I Derek, you, are, Derek, you, you, you had a lot of, you got a lot of um, haymakers in in that lineup. I think you know to, to deal with on a daily basis on touring wise to deal with uh, Eric Singer and Derek Sherinian, the little oh, twins, the little yeah, twins. A lot, of, a lot of name Heckle and Jekyll were there. Some of their nicknames. Um, That's what it was. They, they were, yeah, they definitely were um, uh, shifters. So I'm no stranger to the uh, Derek Sherinian. Well, he's actually Nicky Lemons. I only know him as Nicky Lemons in a band that we played in called Glam Nation. So, yeah. His, 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 I missed that. Oh, man, you missed a really good version of a band that played nothing but early 70s glam songs, uh, which would be everything from – from Bowie, T-Rex, The Sweet, um, oh, great. you know, even some Alice Cooper as well. Um, but yeah, uh, we had Eric Singer was the drummer and uh, Derek Sherinian was the keyboard player, the first version of it. And of course, the great uh, Eric Dover on lead vocals and uh, co-guitar with myself. And of right. course, we had uh, Yeshia otherwise known as Stefan Adika. So there you go. That, uh, just a little quick history of Glam Nation. But we're talking, but you know what? Enough about me, more about me. 
No, it's Eric Sherinian. I am Ryan Roxy. You're listening to the In the Trenches podcast. We are here with guitarist Steph Burns, and we are going through a little bit of what his history is. But guess Bobby what? Bobby G says he played guitar on Last Temptation. I played guitar on Last Temptation. Bobby G. That's your boy, Bobby G. So there you go. There must have been some a lot of... Uh, I okay. thought I played all the guitars on that record. Bobby, what did you play? <laughs> we have an online stat. This is the beauty of live streaming is that we can get so Bobby G. I, I played all the guitar on that record. Okay, it's well. good enough for me. Good enough for me and my Bobby G. Bobby G, what are you okay? So Bobby G maybe he's pulling our strings, or maybe I'm just really putting my maybe he my did mind. play maybe you know he had some guest players come on because i know that on the uh hey stupid album the list of like guest guitar players that you had you know steve vi slash vinnie moore joe satriani mick mars uh nikki six playing on that i mean it, the list goes on and on but i mean you are here. okay bobby thank you bobby g we believe you, know, you man. It's so, it's so Bobby G. It's so we should have seen that coming, dude. From the name, yeah, like yeah, Bobby G played on Alice Cooper's Last Temptation. <laughs> well, guess what, folks? We have reached a little bit of the halfway point. It's time, I hope, for us to have a quick commercial because I've been doing this thing, Steph, lately on my old Instagram, and we're going to obviously get to the point where everybody follows everybody's social media. I think you are at at Steph Burns professional or at Steph uh, official. official. Yeah. At Steph Burns yeah. official. There's there, there quickly take oh. a screenshot folks. If you're watching at home, okay. uh, get all of Steph's. Um, we'll put them up again. We'll put up all your socials. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. There was a Twitter thing on there, but I'm not on Twitter. I don't, I don't have much to say really. I just show up. <laughs> I've got too much to say on that. That's why I have a podcast and a radio show. And I try to, post up as much as I can on my Instagram, but I've been doing this new project called enjoy the riff. And so I think we have a quick commercial about this and this is, might've been the commercials from before we put it out, but now it's out there folks. So you can check out the world's most iconic riffs talk taught in about a minute or a minute and a half. Vic, why don't you just run the commercial now? Over this, it's not just music. Go check out Roxy's Enjoy the Riff on at Ryan Roxy's Instagram or TikTok or at Ryan Roxy's on the YouTube. The best place, RyanRoxy.com. How about that? That was quick. Now we're back. All right. So welcome back, Steph Burns, guitarist. That was uh, a little commercial break that we have, but it kind of usually signifies, you know, us coming from the past now a little bit more into the present, because currently what you've been doing is you've been playing now for a good many years with one of the biggest artists 
in Italy. It's maybe the biggest, would you say? Well, it's, it's, um, I, I think he is it's, it's certainly as far as live and, um, and maybe, you know, you know, there's other artists that tour more and tour around the world. Eroso Mazzotti and stuff, but Vasco is the biggest in Italy, for so, sure. So Vasco Rossi, uh, for those of you that might not know, but uh, you probably do, uh, he plays bigger venues. I believe this, the legend goes that the Rolling Stones asked if they could open for him at one of at a show in Italy. Is that is that the way it is true? Well, I, I'm not sure. I'm Even if sure. it's not true, let's just say it is. And I'm it's actually it's drinking it's Voss water. It should be actually Vasco, but I'm drinking a little bit in tribute today for, uh, and I know that you're drinking something as well. There you I'm go. drinking some apple juice. <laughs> well, well, we're doing product placement. I want to thank the good, oh, the good people over at Brig 19 because not only do I have Vasco water, this is some car jam beer that uh, helped us out. To yeah, that, there I you go. It. Yeah, you gotta send me a, a thing of that. It's only four point five. It's a pills, so yeah. it's probably a nice, uh, tasty, um, kind of you know something that'll go good with food. It is. It is. And speaking of food, Italy. Let's talk. Let's get dive back into Vasco because how did that whole gig come around? Because it's right out of Alice Cooper, or right around the time that I joined Alice and you. I, I think it was right around that ninety five, ninety six era, right? Yeah. What happened was, um, uh. It was, um, so I, I, I still, I give, I go back to give thanks to Joe Satriani because he got me on the Alice Cooper record, 91. Um, look at those young guys. Now there is where people started cutting our hair. At least me and Derek did. So this is on 94. That's uh, amazing. So that's great. But wait a second. The guy, who was that next in the green? That is Ricky, Ricky something. He was filming called cool. video. That's a video photo. Um, he didn't do any gigs with us. He shot maybe, maybe Lost in America video shoot. That's probably what that is off of mm. last generation. And um, I think he, you guys did your all lips. I think either they did that thing where they photoshopped your lips a little bit more pink, or you guys were all taking a lot I of vitamins. Photo of yeah, no, we might have been sweating after the video, or I think it's just something happened. <laughs> So, um, so, oh, so I guess Vasco, Vasco hears "Hey, stupid," and yeah, Vasco and, and his producer Guido Elmi hear "Hey, stupid." They're looking at it because it's attracting so much attention with all of these superstar guitar players on there, and Ozzy Osbourne and, and Nikki Six not on guitar, adding to that. So, and they're they're listening to all these all these guitar players, listening to all these great solos, and they hear me on there, and they're hearing the rhythm tracks again. Solid rhythm track. The key to working in this business is not to be a flashy shredder, but to play rock solid rhythm. And they said, advice. Hey, great advice, actually. Great advice. And absolutely. yeah. And and then they heard the solos and I thought this guy's good. Let's let's have him come over and record. So I went to LA and I recorded a couple of songs on that album. Then they asked me to go, that was 93, 94. They asked me to come and do a, a 94, I don't know if anything happened. I'm still playing with Alice and YNT. 95, they brought me to Italy and, and your played debut. big, big debut show. But then they, it was just an event that year. So it was kind of like a tryout thing. And then starting from 96, I was speaking with Toby Mamis, who was Alice Cooper's manager, as you know. Still is, so, yeah. Hey, Toby, what's up? And um, 
he was telling me about what how many gigs they had. And at that point, I'm thinking, how many gigs? Well, we got a, they weren't working a lot. Alice was we have about we got about six in November, and then we got a weekend in December. So we got about nine to twelve shows. Okay, Vasco, how many you got? We're doing 42 arenas throughout Italy. And and so I was like, I, I gotta go to Italy. I gotta go to Italy. And I I and it was a beautiful opportunity and I loved it. And I, I hated saying goodbye to Alice, but uh, I loved my new life and it became yeah. an Italian life. You are my Joe Satriani. And so with that's what, if it wasn't for you honestly saying that, you know what, I'm going to do this Vasco gig, the door wouldn't have opened for me to come in. So thank you, Steph Burns, for <laughs> in part opening the door for me to get into Alice Cooper. Wow. This, I mean, this is, this is something that could only happen on a live stream. Cause again, we've never, we've all, we've said hello before. I believe, you know, we said, Hey, what's happening? You know, I, I, we've met at a couple shows or a festival here or there, but we've never had an in-depth talk. And honestly, now I see the way things work out in the timeline. You yeah. are, you are partially responsible. It's not Bobby from mates who's taken all the credit for me getting into Alice Cooper for so many years. No. Yeah. No, Bobby, Bobby. That's shady. That shady, slim, shady character from mates rehearsal has taken all the credit all these years. And it actually was you, Steph. Thank you. Okay. Very much. Well, I'm, I'm happy to have, I'm happy to have helped. It was always you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so then, so then you're able to, you know, you're able to do Vasco for years and then, you know, the, here's the thing, folks, I, I do have a little bit of a script, but when I look at, when I look at, this this look at these all these albums that you've played on it's insane and then i look at all the other artists so so while you're with vasco you're also playing on a ton of different sessions so did that help you uh, did did you sort of become known as a session guitar player at that point or what was it that led to all these calls coming in with all these different artists um a little bit. I mean, I never went to L.A., so I never got into that L.A. scene, even though I, I, I always wanted to. I always thought about it, you know, and I, one of my heroes is Steve Lukather, the greatest session guy of all time, you know, and then, you know, made one of the greatest bands of all time. Oh, man, look at that. I did that. I just said Steve Lukather. And there's Lukey right there. I mean, you that, know. That's Vic Chalfant, folks. And you know what? I, I don't give enough credit to Vic. Actually, I do. I give way too much credit a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Everyone knows. I should have give, give Mick some more, give Vic some more uh, uh, stage time. He's, you know, he's my Robin. He's my Robin, but he comes up with, with, with photos even way quicker than Robin ever could, I don't think, you know? That would mean I'm Howard Stern. That would mean you're, you know. Who would you be? You'd be Robin. You'd be Howard Stern's favorite guest. You're Sam Kennison. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I know we come from the same era. So, oh, yeah. so um, between this all, you get to, you you start doing your own solo stuff as well. A yeah, but a couple of things about sessions was that I I being in the Bay Area um, started working with Nard and Michael Walden. And Narada was producing a lot of big acts. That I never played on a Whitney record or, or I never played on Aretha Franklin or Mariah Carey or any records like that. But I did play on a lot of things like um, I played on a Bob Dylan record, actually, once. No, wait a minute. Hold on. We did a Bob Dylan song by, holy cow, Temptations. 
So some of these older bands were coming up and I was doing some records with Narda and um, Narda, I got him to play on, he wrote some songs, you know, the album by Jeff Beck called, um, called, uh, um, oh my God, how can I ever forget the name of it? After Blow My Blow. Yeah. Was Look Jeff at Beck? 1986. I remember Jeff in his, in his, uh, in his uh, Nile Rogers period. Um, Emotionally okay. yours. Emotionally yours was the Temptation song that you played on. That's the one. Emotionally yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a Bob Dylan song, something in there. That maybe that was. I don't know if that was his. He was co-writer on that or a different. Anyway, um, the um, um, I, I'm having a real weird old man moment. It's okay. We all have them at this point in our lives because the thing is, I'm, what I'm what I'm sort of pivoting to is at one point in this whole like entourage of you know this barrage of studio work and touring with Bosco you find the time to put together you know the uh Steph Burns League yeah which yeah. becomes your first is that your first solo project that you would you say or or, or is it something no. that you start it was something that I wanted to it became more of a band situation. Yeah, that's Juan and Paula. Uh, Juan Van Emmerloot is a killer drummer and my dear, dear brother from Holland. He lives up, in, he's lived around different places like Rotterdam, Amsterdam, and outside of, of those cities. And that's Paula Zadra. She's a bass player from um, Brescia, but also here in North. There's Paula again. She's a great bass player. Look at that. I think that's the, is that the Lakeland or is that the Fender Jazz? I love that bass, though, when she brings that out. Um, and um, so, yeah, you may find time to do your stuff, you know, uh, absolutely. You know, I wanted to, you know, I, I mean, you work with someone like Bosco. He, he lately, especially lately, like the last 25 years, he <laughs> likes to work just in the summer. So we'll do uh, eight to 10 weeks of work and that's it. So I can do whatever I want with the rest of the year. play. Yeah. So I make other bands. I do other projects. I have a fusion band with uh, three other Italian guys. We play around maybe once a year. We get together. Steph Burns League. We used to do three tours a year. We could do something in the spring, uh, summer, and winter, something like that. That was my second album, uh, World Universe Infinity, and that's yeah. when kind of the beginning of what was to become the Steph Burns League. This is half instrumental and half sung. I started to sing on my record and it was kind of difficult. I sang a couple of them. Okay. And the rest of them were like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what you do. I find your key, you know, I'm always in the wrong key. I'm too low or singing something too high. Then the next record, I started to get the hang of it a little bit. Did you adjust with the tuning or did you end up using a capo or did you just say, fuck it? I want to start singing in the right key. No, it was just about uh, choosing the key, right? And singing like too low and thinking that it's cool to sound. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I wish, but I'm not Iggy Pop. And I can't sing cool down low. I just sounded like a guy that's singing too low. So <laughs> and, it, and uh, so I found my range and style a little bit better on the following album, which is called Roots and Wings. And that's yeah. I still a couple of instrumentals on there, but um the rest was, um, and my first record, the Swamp Tea, that was all instrumental. That was back in the in the nineties. So you went for a legit solo Steph Burns album, you know, just yeah. just music. Let the music yeah. do the talking. Yeah, but it was it was really there was some Joe Satriani, Lukather kind of influence stuff on my first record. I just wanted to play melodic rock 
jazz fusion guitar or whatever and then uh then went on to do a half and half on the second record and then uh, then went all out and then now heroes and monsters but you i'll let you guys this is this is where we're this is where i'm going with it because uh you are listening folks to the uh, in the Trenches podcast with Ryan Roxy. I'm your host, Ryan Roxy. I'm here with Steph Burns, guitarist. If you are just tuning in right now, please hit that subscribe button on the at Ryan Roxy official uh, YouTube channel because we could always use more eyeballs and tell a friend, tell an enemy uh, to check out all this and more episodes because part of the uh, reason I try to hype up as much uh, music, music, guitar-driven music as possible as I'm trying to carry the torch, pass it on to you, inspire you to play guitar. One thing I, I noticed is that, is that with your Steph Burns League, that's a trio. With yeah. Bosco, how many pieces? It seems, it seems to me like it would be a large lineup. How many musicians are in the Vosco lineup? Um, it's uh, about 10. I mean, we just added three horns last year. Okay. So that being said, somewhere in the middle, Alice Cooper lies somewhere in the middle. Do you have a sweet spot? Because again, that that sort of similarities that we have. The the first solo band I put together, you know, when I feel like it was, you know, really together was a trio. I had a power trio called Dad's Porno Mag. And then I expanded it to a four-piece with Roxy 77. And, you know, but but I, I do like that trio feel, that trio. The power yeah. of the power trio. Do you have a sweet spot of band members, or do you just like to sort of, you know, go through all different types of lineups? No, I um, I like the I like the trio. I mean, it it brings me back to um, to um, to Hendrix, you know, and then and and so you're you're free as a guitarist, you know, and 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 not only that, but even bands that maybe had a singer, but there's still a trio behind them, like the Who. Like uh, yeah, like Zeppelin, like um, like Van Halen. So when, especially on Eddie on the first record, and even even later on, when often when he wouldn't want to overdub a rhythm guitar or overdub his solo, he plays the solo live, and there's no guitar behind it, and that's the sound. It's a guitar soloing over bass and drums. I, I get off on that. Then when you want to make a record like Heroes and Monsters, what we were going to talk about, um, sometimes it's like hmm. That would be fun to have a second guitar player in that band. That's would be. Would well, we're going to talk about that because um, the the thing is how I see the connection. The drummer Will Hunt, um, who's played with Evanescence for years, and yeah. also plays. You said also played with with, with Vasco. Yeah, yeah. And, that's um, what that was where the connection came. But yeah. how did uh, the idea of teaming up with not just Will, but in the trenches alumni, he's been on the podcast. We love him. Todd Kearns, bassist, amazing. Also plays with uh, Slash's uh, yeah. solo band. Yeah. Um, how did it, that whole thing come about creating Heroes and Monsters? It Basically, when me and uh, Will we hit it off, you know, playing with Vasco and um, – we thought, hey, man, that would be really cool to put a band together or something. What we started to do was play in, co- in a cover band with the great Claudio Golinelli, Gallo on bass, and we were playing around Italy. So we, we started to have a, lo- a lot of fun with that. And then we got, um, uh, as we were thinking about putting this together, Frontiers offered to put out the record. And so um, at 
that point, we um, started looking for a singer. And, um, and Todd's name came up both through um, a friend of mine in Italy, Mauro Pilotti, and also from um, uh, Will, who had uh, talked about him. And both we said, oh, man, we got to check this guy out. And I thought, wow, he'd be the perfect dude because we need a bass player that's musical. And we need a guy with, that can sing his ass off and it's got a great range. And he, and he can write and he can play. And he played all this shit live. Like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, it was, it was, we put together this record um, in the end during the pandemic. So we're sending files back and forth. We hadn't even been able to play together. And then when we got to play together, it was like, couldn't, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how good, how good Todd is. And Will is a force of nature. And I already knew that. So I was just like, okay, he's a, he's a sure thing. He's going to be putting on a show back there and holding the whole thing down. He's kind of like the captain of the ship. What I enjoyed about that album is that there is such a spectrum to the music. And that's kind of what I grew up in uh, with all the influences in the Bay Area. All the all the bands, all the influences that you played with, grew up with. There seems to be some heaviness to it, but then there, it, it can go to a jellyfish type of pop, beetly pop. So, and of course, I <laughs> just put up a picture of. How does Will Ferrell? You know what, Will Ferrell might have that shirt, but that's like one of those cheesy commercials. He doesn't have a Ryan Roxy silkscreen pop no, no. shirt on. No, I, I think that someone in the wardrobe that the, at the at the movie studio found that for him. Where this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't blood, sweat, and tears for no, this I, one. No, you got you got the real one right there. <laughs> Speaking of uh, some band members in Heroes and Monsters, we have a special question from Todd Kearns, and uh -oh. yeah, because. You, you, we were talking about bassists in your trio solo bands and, and this and, and Heroes and Monsters being another trio currently because you did say that maybe another guitar player would be kind of cool. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm up here in Stockholm, Sweden. I'm just hanging out. I don't know. I'm just chilling. Uh, in I'm, like, I'm, boring. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But here's the question from Todd Kearns. Dear Steph, besides Paul McCartney, Sting, Getty Lee, Phil Linett, is it Phil and not or Phil? I, 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 I call him Lennon. Lennon. But I, I think you might be right. I, I actually just the other day, because for the for the radio show, I had to I wanted to pronounce his name right. So I went onto YouTube and heard him say it, and I forgot the way he pronounced it. Oh. But Phil Lennon, Lennon. Maybe it is Lennon. Gene Simmons, Benjamin Orr. Oh, I love Ben Orr from the cars. I said his name too. Doug Pinnock, Roger Waters, Glenn Hughes, <laughs> Lemmy. Peter Steele, Tom Araya, Jack Bruce, and Les Claypool. Who's your favorite singing bass player? Oh, let me think. Okay, besides all those guys. Uh, <laughs> Should I run through the list again? <laughs> no, there's a guy from Canada, you know, and he's a, he's a, he's, he's taller than he is in that picture right there. And his name is Todd Kearns. Is it even possible to be taller than in that picture? Yes. Todd Kearns, you are the Steph Burns' favorite singing bass player out of a plethora of singing <laughs> guitar players. Did you put Lemmy in there? Did he forget? Oh yeah. No, Lemmy's he in there. Lemmy out, yeah. He put Sting. He put McCartney. Yeah, he Can we think of one more? Um, uh, well, Jacob Astorius did sing a couple of a couple of things, but he's not a great singer. I think okay. he sang uh, East River. 
uh, from Weather Report. Um, Jack Bruce. I'm racking my brain right now. I'm going almost north. north uh, I've gone out of Los Angeles bands. I'm going to New York bands. So which sort of new wave new wave bands? But he got the cars. He got Ben Orr. That was a good he one. Yeah, he, he nailed he, he Todd, Todd is like an encyclopedia of stuff like that, too. He's so fun to talk to about that stuff. Damn it. Um, there has to be another. Okay. Doug Garrick. He'll, he'll Show Garrick from Bisto Blanco. <laughs> He was always there. He was right before my eyes. But you know what? In Bisto Blanco, he plays guitar. So that doesn't count. Oh, Who does it? He's a player. You know. Okay. Yeah. So that he, is singing, got he is a singing bass player because he sings his ass off in the Alice Cooper band. But when he plays in Bisto Blanco, he plays guitar. So, yeah, there is a little oh, bit. I got one. Kip Winger. Kip Winger. You're right. You're right. Who we is an Alice Cooper alumni? That's right. Kip Winger, how did you not make Todd Kern's list? This is <laughs> this is going to be on this is going to be on bravewords.com tomorrow. It's instant instant fucking controversy on the in the trenches podcast. Don't forget you heard it first. Heard Todd it first, Kearns did not mention Todd Kearns did not mention <laughs> Kip Winger on this list of bass players. Oh, how good you! Beast. Kip is a beast and a great musician. So he uh, really yeah. is. He, you know what? He would have been pretty much top three on my list. Yeah. I mean, if I had a list, I mean, I'm just saying, Todd. I don't know why you hate Kip, but <laughs> <laughs> there, there's Steph Burns. This is Kip Winger. This Why is the first time Steph sees Kip Winger. This is I, this is from the perspective of Kip Winger looking at the photo, and there's Tog being protected in the back by his two band members, heroes and monsters. I don't know which one's the hero and which one's the monster, but oh, damn it, Todd, you're on a list now. Apparently, from Kip, Kip has you on his list. <laughs> Do you like the way we just create controversy? I love it. Um, let me see. I mean, this is another question. I think it's very relevant, um, but it's also before I ask it, before I ask it, we always have a fan of the week. And I think it's important to list that fan of the week right now, because you know what? Italy, Greece, they're kind of close. It's all Southern Europe. We love Greece and our fan of the week this week comes from Greece. Hit it, Vic. Costas Savas. Costas Savas. No picture of Costas. Okay, Vic. No problem, buddy. Oh, don't worry. He's laughing, our producer. There he is. Costas. Yeah. Steph, you've, you've probably never met anybody in Greece named Costas before, but guess no, what? That's there's nobody in, in Greece. Named, it's really a rare name in, in Greece, Costas. <laughs> Costas really helped us out. I was there a, a few weeks ago in Greece and he is our fan of the week. Anybody that helps out the podcast helps out uh, the RGA, which is the Roxy guitar army and uh, honestly helps out this show, which you could do right now by helping out uh, first subscribing to the YouTube channel and then, you know, put out the post and forward the, uh, any sort of post we make about this episode out on your social media. You could be the next fan of the week on the, in the trenches 
podcast. Thank you, Costas. Uh, you did really good work this week. Thank you very much. So, this way to go, man. And then we have Thank another you, question. Another question. You've always surrounded yourself with excellent musicians in your solo projects because we've just been talking about whether it's the uh, Steph Burns League or it's Heroes and Monsters. But who would be in the dream band if you could put one together? <laughs> um, you got that. The, you got oh, that dream band question. That dream band right there. Yeah, Ross Valerie on bass, Tim Gorman on keyboards, Kevin Chalfant, who is the other Chalfant that I know after Vic now, and in the middle, the great Prairie Prince on drums, and then some guy with torn jeans that has it. I'm just look. trying to think about why Vic put this picture up. Is just because he actually downloaded it and wanted to put it up? He's just I, shaking well, his head. I, I don't know, but he's thinking about dream bands and stuff because that was, you know, was, um, playing with a guy from Journey and the Tubes at the same time. That was a fun band, too. Billy Sheehan, and uh, that's Juan Van Emmerlude again, a great drummer from Holland. We did a tour called The Power of Three once in Italy. Wow. Um, and, you, and you guys obviously all – go back to that picture, Vic. You guys obviously all rode motorcycles. Yes, we, we did. I still, I still have that jacket, though. It's not <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so do you have sort of that dream band? I know that question probably gets bopped around a lot. And, and, and but do you okay. have? I don't really have one. I don't really. But there were certain guys that was kind of a dream band. You were the news. That was a lot of fun. Fuck. Um, but I mean, sometimes I hear drummers that I really would love to play with. I could think of that, like Will Kennedy. I played with him a few times, and he's just one of my favorite drummers from the Bay Area. He's playing with the Yellow Jackets for. 30 years or something now. Um, another, um, and Vinnie Caliuta. Those are drummers that I, I've never played with. I mean, I played with Will, but not for a long time. Right. God, I don't really have that. You know, I kind of feel like I have two dream bands right now, honestly. I know this sounds like uh, ass-kissing, but the Heroes and Monsters is a total dream band, as is um, uh, uh, Steph Burns Lee. Juan and Paula, and then on the heavy metal side or hard rock and whatever we are um, with Todd and Will. Um, you just can't think of something different or better. People say, oh, man, did you ever want to play with Jeff Beck? No, I wanted to go to his concert. I didn't want to play with him. <laughs> I want to listen to him, you know. Yeah. But it would be kind of cool to play some rhythm guitar for Jeff as well, because you are so versed at the rhythm now, you know. I, maybe, I, maybe I sure wouldn't hate it, but at the same time, I, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'd be distracted, you know. I just be want to be listening, and not. I don't know. Maybe not. I have no idea. Well, I mean, I'll tell you that. And thank you very much, Ashley, for supporting us on this Happy Friday. Loving you as well. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I had that sort of feeling jamming with the original Alice Cooper band because there was a tour that we did across the UK where the original guys would come on at the end of the set. And I sort of I hung back and did Glenn Buxton's parts, but I had the best seat in the house to watch, you know, Alice and Michael Bruce and Dennis Dunaway and Neil Smith all get together and have that original sound. So is there, there is something special about that, you know? Yeah, I, I could imagine. I, I never did. I think 
a couple of times, a couple of those guys came and just said hi backstage, but I don't remember ever playing with them. Now, did you also play with Steve Hunter? Didn't he come back and play with you guys? Yeah, yeah. I never toured with Steve Hunter, but Steve Hunter, I was able to jam with him a bunch of times on stage, and um, he was been on the podcast as well. So if right. anybody that's listening right now wants to check out the Steve Hunter uh, uh, interview that we did in the trenches, great interview, great guy, and just incredible guitar player i mean think about those guitar duos that we we've had to sort of you know not had to but been given the chance to sort of pay tribute to and and, and create those same parts hunter wagner uh buxton bruce yeah incredible incredible and then you know even before alice to go back to reason burns reason burns <laughs> the, the classics <laughs> Uh, and um, uh, and Kane and who played along with Kane Roberts? It was Kane. It was you know I mean it was I mean Kane took so much you know not not that he takes up a lot of of, of room. Well, he did back in those days. He just took up room physically. But I mean his his personality is so is so big. So I he told he was telling me about the uh, a few of the rhythm guitar players that he played with, and he and he goes yeah I like them they're all good just like you. <laughs> New Yorker. Fucking love Kane, man. Uh, Kane, if you're watching right now, you're part of the family as well. And everybody, it's time to start following, if you're not already, everything that is Steph Burns. So let's put up those social media links one more time, Vic Chalfont, because uh, for those of you listening on the audio broadcast, Steph, if you could tell everybody the best way to get in touch with you and uh, Heroes and Monsters and all things Steph Burns, please do that's so now. It. That's it. Instagram there. I, I, I try to stay up on it. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty bad at social media stuff. You know, I just try to kind of be alive and, and and do it. I I I sometimes have fun. Oh, you're one of those guys that likes to live in the moment, really, and just not. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like it. You know, I just like to pose for magazine covers. That's all I like. As you should, men's health. I, I you know what? We're going to go back to that photo in a second, but keep this on um, right here. So, at Steph Burns official on the Instagram, Steph Burns official on Facebook. If you want to check out the newest project that Steph has going on with a Todd Burns, with a Todd Kearns, Todd Burns. Huh, that yeah, sounds like well, you know, you know, um, you know uh, Todd will hunt Steph Burns. Todd Kearns will hunt Steph Burns. That means that Todd's gonna hunt me. Okay. <laughs> Wait. So what is it? Steph Burns will hunt Todd Kearns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kearns will hunt Todd Kearns. Steph Burns will hunt Todd Kearns. He will. You know he what? Will. Who's and he will be right behind Kip Winger because Kip <laughs> Winger isn't out for you. <laughs> we've gone, we've gone so silly on this already, yeah. but you know what? I'm sorry, Kearns, that there's a there's there's a hit on you out. There's a, there's <laughs> That's what you go. Kip. Will uh, you know? Steph Burns will hunt because he needs to hunt, and he will hunt uh, Kearns. <laughs> um, it sounds Dr. Seuss like. <laughs> It was. It's a little bit Dr. Seuss. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So um, for us, we usually at this point in the set uh, get uh, announce our next week's uh, guest. But because I haven't confirmed anybody and I don't know for sure if Vic, give me a thumbs up. Oh, you know what? We're going to have. 
Will Ferrell. <laughs> no. Pablo is that Cruz. Will Hunt? Yeah. Steph Burns, yeah. Will Ferrell. Will Todd Ferrell, Todd Kearns. You can, um, or Ted Hunt's, Ted, Ted Hunt will fall away. Hey, um, you should have Pablo Cruz on the show and seeing that they have all these t-shirts and stuff. I am, so, I, I, no, this is one of one. This is not all these t-shirts. Now you're making me seem like a stalker. Oh, and no, right now no. the guys in Pablo Cruz are setting up restraining orders on me. No, I mean, the only one that should be setting up as restraining orders, Todd Kearns on fucking Kip Winger, because he's after him. We're not mentioning them on that list. That's right. You, got, you, you know, we should really help protect Kip Winger. We might want to set up a GoFundMe or something. For Kip Winger? Yeah, to protect get some help from Todd Kearns. <laughs> well, we just had, Steph, we just had, oh, God, now I'm getting really confused. Yeah. We just had the guitarist um, from Winger on the podcast just oh, a couple of weeks ago. Red Beach? Yes. Who I who's also in Alice Cooper alumni, first guitar player I ever played with, because if it think about it, it could have been me and you, but you made that amazing choice to go play with Vasco, opening the door for me. So then it ended up becoming me and Reb. But you never know if you would have said no, or if you would have said yes, maybe me and you could have been playing together. That's right, absolutely, it could have been that. It could have been that, and maybe it will in the future. It might you be. Know, I'm not dead yet. And you're, you know what? You did say Heroes and Monsters wants to be a quartet, not just a trio. That's just putting right. it just saying. And what, right. do think, what do you think about having four guitar players in Alice Cooper's band? <laughs> Why not? The more, the Why merrier. Well, you know what? On, on certain nights, there's Red Beach. Um, on certain nights, we do have four guitar players because there's the three guitar players that we have currently on coming out on this next tour. The great Tommy Hendrickson. Go check out. Uh, go check out his band, uh, Crossbone Scully, as well as uh, the great Anita Strauss and uh, myself, Ryan Roxy. So there's three of us. And then if we have a special guest guitar player, which usually is Ace Freely for some reason, I don't know why, but he's usually our special guest guitar player. There's that makes four. There you go. I think I know why. Because he was in a very, very famous band. He was. Yeah. Sure. Well, then if you think about it, really think about it, Chuck Garrick is kind of a guitar player now in Beast of Blanc because that's five guitar players. That five guitars. Man, let's make it six. I'm coming in to jam with y'all. All right. Half dozen is not. Pretty soon we're going to get to uh, Vasco uh, levels of that point. Yeah. And there's you jamming with Nita not that long ago. What band was that in? Or was it a solo gig? Where, where, where's that photo yeah, come from? This was the Steph Burns Nita Strauss project. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this <laughs> is that one. another band that you had? <laughs> no, no, that was um, uh, Glenn Sobel's thing uh, with Steve um, uh, at the um, Jam Night. Yeah, you had it uh, at the uh, bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. We uh, There was also um, Tony McAlpine. We played together and with um, uh, the great Dave Ellison on bass. And we played uh, Paranoid, the Black Sabbath, and we played Hey Stupid. And I, you know, has this ever happened to you? Like maybe the first couple of times you played Hey Stupid. Did you ever come back after that, come on and scream and the F sharp and then play and sing a half step below? Oh, because you're resolving on the fifth, it's an F sharp, and I so get it. I, I know exactly what you're saying. But here's the crazy thing: no, for some reason, I and it surprises me myself. I hit that note because it's one of those weird intervals, but I, I always seem to hit it. But That's we don't awesome. have to. 
we don't have to play the very first part of the song. We don't have to because we start the song with this with the sample. And it's okay. not on tape, folks. Trust me. It's we have like an old 1980s doctor sample or something like that, where our where Glenn's drum tech, uh, you know, Michael, he hits that button. Sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. It doesn't matter. But we but we always come into the hey 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 hey, and then everyone you know the second we do the two hey 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 hey's in a row. Everyone always says, hey, stupid, after the first hey, hey, hey. Okay. Did that ever well, happen to you? Mm -hmm. Oh, after the hey, hey, Oh, yeah. No, no. No, because uh, you have to wait for, you know, the hey, Alice to say, hey, stupid, before we come in. I don't know okay, why. Well, but I, what I do know is that in the middle of the song, after the bridge, this ain't your daddy talking you. No, I know. And da 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 da. Come on in. Let's see. Let's see. Come on hey, in. Hey, you scream. Ah. Hey, hey, hey. See, I even nailed it just now. I even nailed it right now. Didn't I? It was the right one. You got it. You got I it. I did. <laughs> We're almost done. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think my wife has actually gone into uh, into Steph Burns' house and told him to get off as well. That was a great picture, man. Well, go back to the picture, Vic. Go ahead. Uh, you must have taken it. It must be a great picture. Yeah, and her boyfriend. And there's the other um, singer that sings with, I think, with the, um, not Zepparella, but um, Iron Maidens, maybe. Isn't okay. that her? I don't well, know. You know what? Glenn's, Glenn's just smiling because he's finally in the middle of a photo. He's not <laughs> in the end. So let me, let me ask you this. Dave, if I remember correctly, Dave Ellis, Ellison, uh, Ellis. He, he, yeah, he great bass player. He, he sings as well, doesn't he? Um, probably, but he didn't yeah. that night. So just yeah, another no. guy, Todd Kearns left off the list. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's right. Tom. And that's the way we wrap it. Todd, you're in trouble, but everybody, thank you so much for listening to this oh. week's podcast. It's been a pleasure. You know what, Steph, I think, um, next time that we talk together, hopefully it's somewhere over the road. Uh, and, and we're, you know, at some sort of festival or our, our, our touring paths are crossing, but uh, let's get together again, have another laugh and uh, talk Thank some you. more. And uh, imparting, do you have any advice, any closing words, words that maybe have been said to you that have helped you with your career or words that you go to live by that help you on a day to day that could help our crowd out as well? Oh, yeah. Well, that's for sure. Um, okay. For guitar players, I always say, you know, practice rhythm guitar, you know, like we talked about too. That's the the key to it, locking in, playing good. Um, but, um, but basically, you know, take care of the stuff that you can take care of and the rest of it, just let it go. That's all I got to say. I love it, Steph. Take care of the things. Well, we've taken care of this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for watching. <laughs> Thank you. If that's the visually you want to go out on, Vic, that's fine. Dress in red velvet with <laughs> balls of silver. 
That is taking care of it all, baby. And everything else, you just let go. Until next time, folks, uh, I am Ryan Roxy. This has been the In the Trenches podcast. Our special guest today was Steph Burns. Thanks to everyone that contributed, everyone that donated, everyone that's helped out with this episode. And guess what? Thanks most to Kip Winger not going after Todd Kearns. I'm just laying it out there right now. Love you all, folks. Until next time, I'm Ryan Roxy. This is the In the Trenches podcast. In Enjoy the ride. See you guys. Thanks, man. Trenches with Ryan Roxy.